The Panthers are an absolute wagon. Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Dylan's Discourse. And first, let me just say happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great day, spending some time with family, eating some great food. Just hope it's a great day for everyone. But my oh my, are the Florida Panthers a great team. And I wanted to just put this episode out and say I am thankful for the Florida Panthers and that we finally have a great team to root for here in South Florida. And let me just say the fans and, and the people of South Florida are finally starting to realize. I went to this game last night against the Flyers and the crowd was just phenomenal. I'm sure it's going to be amazing against Seattle this Saturday night as well, but people are finally starting to pick up and realize, hey, we have a contender here. And the crowd, hearing the noise, hearing the Let's Go Panthers chant, it was just kind of amazing to see. Kind of just made me smile the entire game while I was there. And so let's talk a little bit about what has gone into this season. They're 14-2-3 on the year. Nothing short of phenomenal. And they're the second team ever to win their first 11 games at home in the season. They can go ahead and break that record this Saturday against Seattle. <laughs> A really great chance to do that against the Seattle team that's kind of been struggling. They've been having some goalie issues. And, you know, hopefully we do see Chris Drieger come out and play, play against his former team. I'm really hoping to see him at that game. But they've definitely been having some goalie issues. So some chances for the Panthers who have been scoring lots of goals to put up a lot more goals. But what has gone into this team? And, of course, we had the Coach Q firing. Andrew Brunette comes into the season. And... He wins his first game against Detroit. Then he goes again ahead and loses in a shootout against Boston. And then what ends up happening is he faces Carolina. And everyone is like, okay, let's see. What's going to happen with this Carolina game? This is his true point to show himself. About 20 minutes before the game, we find out no Alexander Barkov. What happens? The Panthers come out and put up four goals in the first period. Coach Andrew Burnett completely outcoached Rob, Rob Brindamore. He proved himself in that game. Then, yes, the Panthers went and had a little bit of a slump. But as of right now, Andrew Burnett has coached 12 games. He's currently 7-2-3 in the games that he's coached. And it looks like he's finally started to settle in. They had a four-game losing streak. Yes, it wasn't great. Burnett made some questionable decisions, to say the least. Playing Spencer Knight, a 20-year-old goalie, on a back-to-back -back night... And having Sergei Bobrovsky be the backup for one of those nights when he was injured. And basically keeping Knight in for six goals against the Devils. Definitely a questionable decision. Playing Patrick Hornquist in a shootout. In a basically a do or die situation against the Penguins. Another questionable decision. But I think those are kind of growing pains that you get with a first time head coach. But I don't think that's reasons to say he should no longer be the coach. I've seen some tweets, some people unhappy, at least when they were losing, saying that he shouldn't be the coach anymore. But I want to say why he should be the coach. While he's made those questionable decisions, the Panthers are still playing great hockey. In those four games that they lost, I never really felt like they got outplayed. They really got completely goalied against the Rangers. The Devils game... That wasn't great, but a lot of bad bounces that went against the Panthers. Kind of unlucky. You have Pittsburgh and Tampa both going into 
at least overtime. You see they, they had a great comeback, came back down from 2-0 against Tampa. And so what's happening is Brunette has really kept the same system, I think, that Coach Quenville had. And one thing that a lot of people were unsure about is people love the lines that Quenville was able to put out. And he, they loved his in-game switches that he could make. But Brunette has done a really great job with putting some of the lines together. Especially now we have Barkov hurt. He's probably out for another one to two weeks. I saw got reported earlier. But the lines that he's been able to put together, they've just worked. They've clicked. I mean, you have Huberto Bennett-Duclair, which, yes, it worked last year, but they tried it out this year and it's been working as well. You have Lundell playing 2C with Verhage and Reinhardt on the wings. All of the lines, and you even go into the depth, the third and fourth lines, they're working. Patrick uh, Ryan Lomberg looks like a great player on the fourth line. And anything that Brunette seems to do with these lines is kind of working. So to me, to say, to get rid of a coach after 12 games... It's just silly to me. I had always said any coach that they were going to bring in was going to need some time to really settle in. You're throwing throwing a brand new coach into a, onto a team in the middle of a season. It wasn't going to work out perfectly. It was going to take some time to make adjustments and get used to the players, getting familiar with the players. But Brunette, already knowing the players, he just needed a little bit of time to settle in, and it looks like he has now on a win streak at home. Everything's working. Let's get into some of the players and what I've seen, at least, in the players. And let me start off with Carter Verhage. He's got 15 points in 19 games. People said maybe he's going to regress a little bit this season from last year. <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all. He has been amazing. His analytics have been terrific, and I mean, 15 points in 19 games is nothing to sneeze at either. He had that absolutely unbelievable play against Minnesota, basically taking on three defenders all by himself and just put it in in the top corner for a an, an great goal. He looks amazing, and his contract right now, we signed him to that short, kind of, I think it was three or four year extension. That looks like it could be an absolute steal. If he continues playing the way he will, he is, which I see no reason why he wouldn't keep playing this way. I also want to talk about the defensive side a little bit. Aaron Ekblad, the overtime winner against the Flyers. Can he win the Norris Trophy this year? I see no reason why he can't. He's been great. His offense, wow. We saw his offense really start to click last year before his injury. His offense has just really kept up this year along with the defense of Ekblad staying high. Aaron Ekblad has 17 points in 19 games. For a defenseman, that's kind of incredible. His name should be all over the Norris Trophy voting. If he keeps this up, I mean, he's kind of running away with it, in my opinion. And I think he's a top defenseman in the league, paired up with Mackenzie Wieger, who, I, I'll be honest, Mackenzie Wieger, he's had some rough games. I didn't think he played the greatest game against the Flyers. He had a few costly mistakes, in my opinion. But the pairing together has really looked phenomenal. And Aaron Ekblad, he's going to just continue to crank out these points. He's playing great defense. Going to be awesome to see. There is one pairing I do want to talk about, and that is the Forsling-Gudis pairing. I know it's been said a lot, and they've been getting better. But there was a period of time where it was just not good. It seemed like almost every goal against, they were on the ice for. And there were 
kind of talks about splitting them up, possibly playing Ekblad with Montour and going back to that Uyghur-Forsling pairing that we saw work last year in the playoffs and in the regular season once Ekblad got hurt. But I think in the last three, four games, personally, they have looked well. They've played well. And I see no reason why to really go away from them at this point. Forsling had maybe one of his greatest games of the season against the Flyers last night. And Gudis, I thought he made some really nice defensive plays. And I think we do see as well, they start to play with some other guys because the sixth defenseman, whether that's Lucas Carlson or Kevin Connaughton, the bench kind of starts to get shortened a little bit and they stop playing. So Brandon Montour goes up and plays with one of Gudis or Forsling a little bit. And that seems to work as well. But as of right now, no reason to move away from Forsling Gudis. One other player, I mean, all-star easily, Anthony Duclair. Wow, what can I not say about him would be an easier thing to talk about. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Another person who has 17 points in 19 games, he's got nine goals on the year. Do you remember last year when he was putting up lots of points, but he was struggling to score goals? He was almost kind of cursed. This year, the goal scoring has been there. And almost every single goal he scores is kind of like a highlight reel goal to me. He's, his puck handling has been working great. And he is using his speed to just get behind the defense so easily. Anthony Duclair is going to be an all-star this year. And he's a top player in the league easily. Him scoring has really helped with whatever line he's been on whether that's been with Barkov or Verhage, or whether that's now been with Bennett and Huberto, he's thriving with basically everyone he's played with. Another guy I want to talk about, Etu Losterinen. Remember when the Trocek trade happened and we thought, what? What is this? I mean, you had Lucas Walmark, Eric Halla, Chase Prisky, and Etu Losterinen. No one really knew what to think about it. Then you get into last year, Halla and Walmark are no longer on the team. You're thinking, oh my goodness, this is another... Dale Talon blown trade. But then this year, Etu Losterinen. What has he turned into? He must have spent some serious time in the offseason really just working on his play. I mean, he's played 16 games this year, and he has six goals already. Really weird. He has no assists at all, but still six goals, and he looks good. I mean, the assists, I'm sure, will come. Because he's been driving to the net. He's been setting up plays. I've liked his defensive play as well. He's been a good two-way player. It's another Finnish center on this team that just really works out for the team. And I think it's now a possibility. We saw Chase Prisky come up and play. Is it a possibility the Panthers could win the Trochik trade? I think so. And then finally, the last skater that I want to talk about at least is Sam Reinhart. Sam Reinhart the big trade acquisition of the offseason, who I know Panthers fans were really excited for. We thought, okay, we finally can bolster our top six with this. And maybe he's not putting up the points people might have expected. He still has 11 points in 19 games. And I saw the Buffalo writer, I forgot his name, but he was kind of tweeting like this wasn't as big of a loss as you might have thought. I think he's still tied for like first on the Sabres. He would be tied for first on the Sabres and points. So, but one thing I think about him is Reinhardt just seems cursed because he's been great as well. It's hard to put into words. I know I keep saying every player is great. Every player is phenomenal, but it's really true. While Reinhardt might not be exactly putting up those 
points that we might have thought we might have, I know some people predicted like 40 goals. He seems cursed. I mean, he had an amazing opportunity against the Flyers. And Martin Jones, save of the year candidate, absolutely robs him. Reinhardt is just getting so unlucky. But the points will come. His shooting percentage is comically low this year. Once that regresses back to the mean, the goals will start to come a little bit. And I think it will just turn out a lot better. And the Panthers will start scoring even more goals than they have before. Let's get back. Let's go towards the goalies now and talk about what I've seen. Sergei Bobrovsky, still insane. There's no way else to put it. He's basically giving up one or two goals every game. He did give up four goals against Minnesota, but he still dominated that game. And two of those goals came when it was a six-on-five. Minnesota, one of the best six-on-five teams in the league. They had like back-to-back games where they scored two goals, six-on-five. But Bobrovsky has been incredible, finally looking like the 10 million goalie we paid him to be. The one thing I would like to see is maybe breakaways a little bit better. Him closing up the five hole on breakaways because it seems like that's how he always gets beat. Is there's always a game where he gets beat on a breakaway five hole. And I don't know what it is, but Spencer Knight I've also seen get beat a few ways like that this season as well. But I think that's something that can work on. But his just overall play style has been great. And Spencer Knight, he's a 20-year-old goalie. I mean, there were games where he played like a 20-year-old goalie. But then there's also games where he played like a 35-year-old veteran. You look at a game like New Jersey where he had 40-something saves and only one goal given up. Looked phenomenal there. Now, yes, he did have the rough for rough road stand. He had he gave up six goals against the Devils, but I think that talks a lot about Spencer Knight and who he is and the way that he's been able to bounce back since some of those games. You give up six goals to the Devils, the next time you face them, 40, 45 saves, I think it was. That resiliency by Spencer Knight really speaks to who he is, what he can be, and just how good he will be in the near future. I want to say that recent game against the Devils where he put up 45 saves, maybe his best game of his career yet. Yes, it's a short career, but he was incredible this year. And so really the last thing I want to talk about on this episode is Is this sustainable, what the Panthers are doing? One stat that I found really interesting was, I searched this up Tuesday, it might have changed. The Panthers had the third highest shooting percentage in the league, only trailing the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers. I'm sure the shooting percentage dipped down a little bit because Martin Jones had an unbelievable game, but the shooting percentage is still very high. Will that serve as an issue? I don't necessarily think so because a lot of the scoring opportunities that the Panthers have been getting have been high quality. They're goals that you, they're shots that you think would go in, which is why I'm not expecting the shooting percentage to really drop off in a massive way. I think the shooting percentage will still stay around where it's at. It's something like 12%, I believe right now. And while that's high compared to the average of the league, I don't see a reason for that to dip down. I think what the Panthers are doing is sustainable if they keep getting these high-danger opportunities and keep scoring goals. They do have a few snipers on this team. I mean, you've got Frank Vetrano, you have Owen Tippett, you have Anthony Duclair. Those are all pure goal scorers, in my opinion, that I think can keep that shooting percentage high. And I don't see a reason why it's not sustainable. 
So for now, I just think we sit back and enjoy the ride. And we hope Saturday night that they can go on and break this home record. I know the record of four goals in a game to start the season at home got broken last night against the Flyers. But they're still looking for those wins. They keep moving on. They're top of the league right now, at least in points, not points percentage. But in points, they are top of the league. That's going to keep continuing, keep winning, and playoffs soon to come. I know we're only 20-something games into the season, but never too early to start talking about the playoffs. I hope everyone has a happy, safe Thanksgiving. Eat lots of food. Have a great time. Watch some football. And I'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one, everyone. Peace out. Peace out.